part over. I'm going to hit record. I was making the mistake of bonding with Frank here and hearing his fight schedule rap. You think I always forget about these guys. They just they work way harder than you expect. He's, he's like, I try to make plans on Friday and fall asleep, which is what happened when he tried to watch the fights. But let's start the podcast round two. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. Hey, two takes. Phillips is what they used to call me. That was a different job genre. Raph, how are you doing? You start the show. I'm not even going to. I'm in a weird place, and I'm going to tell you why. I saw some fuckery at some local fights yesterday that I need to get off my chest. Go ahead. Well, you've got myself and uh, Frank Rosenthal, the Sopranos extra, if he had just been born in a different decade, right on the line. So let's do this. You have the right name. You have the right name. You have the right look. Don't tease me with a good time. (laughs) Raph, did you get beat up at a local event? Please no, I didn't. And you know what's great? Uh, the people who I saw, it was at a local uh, organization that's, I believe, going to start making waves. Sean Merriman is behind it. It is called Lights Out uh, Extreme Fighting. And uh, you were asking if I got beat up. Um, here's the thing. If I did, I probably would have gotten more beaten up than the people inside the cage in a couple of those fights. Because in one particular case, our good friend Melton Aguayo, uh, they stopped the fight after a punch. What? Because <laughs> the referee just looked and was like, oh, no, it like jumps and pounces in. And Milton's like, are you fucking kidding me? And this would be an isolated case if this is just one time. But this is the second time it's happened to this guy in the same organization at the same place. So it was a little testy, at least a little, a little bit of the previous incarnation. He got to fight a little bit. But, you know, I'm looking at this and, you know, it's bad when one of the judges, the California State Athletic people, looks at me and goes, can you explain to me what the fuck happened there? And I was like, well, I took photos of it and here they are. And he looks at me and he goes, so nothing happened. And I was like, nope, nope, nope. They just called it early. You'd be like, I wouldn't so. say nothing. I got some high res 1180s by 920s. I'm ready, I'm ready <laughs> to make, him, make a coin here. I just feel bad because, you know, I was in a good mood and I was trying to get some of the results even as things uh, were coming up. So I'll talk a little bit more about lights out when, you know, we we get a little bit more into talking with our good friend Frank. Frank, did it feel weird to see the fights yesterday and know that you had a little bit on the line? Uh, you know, it was weird after we got off the phone the other night from the other show. Mm-hmm. I I just took a look at myself in there and I said, I don't think there's any way I'm going to win this. What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So watching the fights, I was like, when I saw the results, I was like, not surprised that I did, I'm not going to win against Kevin because I made horrible picks. I need to go more into this as a regular fighter and jiu-jitsu practitioner of the highest caliber. Do you often look in the mirror and say this to yourself? Almost never. No. So this is but, the only but, time this is going to happen. Also, yeah, because I went, I threw a Hail Mary in the first quarter because, like, with that bonus question, you said pick fight of the night, and I picked BJ Penn, Clay Guida. And as soon as I hung up the phone, I'm like, why would I do that? Because you thought it was funny, and then you had to deal with well, the I repercussions. Did, I did think it was funny, but, yeah, I didn't think about the long term <laughs> repercussions. I thought it was absolutely hilarious. He's but, the guy who stands by his hacky joke and is like, I, I stand by that joke, Raph. That's where I right. make my fortune, although I feel bad about it. Oh, man. 
But so I did lose though, right? Um, Kev, do you want to reveal now or do you want to make him wait? Um, well, I'll at least give him a little taste that, you know, I was even ready. I had my favorite Kesha song just ready to go. And you blew it. You fucking loser. I crushed you. I crushed you like a goddamn grape. Whatever Cron Gracie did to Gary Tonin that first time, that's what I did to you. So what you hear in the back is timber being played and I'm not going to sing it for you. No, I'm not going to do it. So it wasn't even close. No, no. It, I got eight fights correct. You got three. Jesus That's not Christ. enough. Jesus. Do you need to take a minute to look in the mirror while the adults talk about how the fights went? No, Frank? I think I, 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 I deserve this. I did it to myself. <laughs> I did it to myself. This <laughs> is a look, world you, it, when you. This isn't all protein shakes and looking like Eddie Monster. You have to bring <laughs> some real knowledge to this podcast, sir. Yeah, I came up short. That, that It is what it is. It is what it is. It's my favorite thing people say when they're making transitions. I will say this, though. Frank, it's enjoyable listening to you on this side because nobody ever really goes up to you after a jiu-jitsu match and asks how you feel when you're winning most of the times. So mm-hmm. it's great that the one time it is happening, it's after you lost in a game of over under Kevin, which is the most respected of all forms of competition, I believe. For sure. Versus the most respected opponent. I mean, you know, it mean a lot more if you beat him and you said that joke, but it's just kind of yeah. like, mm. I know. so let's, let's do this. Okay. We have some things to talk about. Number one. Um, Frank, you're a guy who understands Kimura Trap pretty well. Is there a good time to let that go? Uh, so like if if you put someone in a Kimura, like is there a proper time to release it? Is that like let's say you know there's like the choice of them lifting you up and maybe like oh yeah you know crashing you down on your head you know when's the good time to go maybe is it when you feel a little airborne or (laughs) when I have my notepad rap by the way I'm ready to take some notes on this because I'm not sure the answer and I'd like to hear it me I mean me personally Mm -hmm. my opinion I got a fear height. So if, if I have a Kimura on someone and they start to lift my body off the floor, I'm going to think about maybe letting that go and, and going to something else. Also, I want to know how you get lifted off the floor. Like, I, I just want to understand that strength to be able to lift someone off the floor when they have you in a Kimura. Because when I get put in a Kimura, I'm sure as hell not lifting anybody off the floor. I mean, you're also yeah, not, like, just oh, barely sorry. over 100 pounds, if we're being honest. So. Uh, opinion, not fact. Uh, mm. But nonetheless, yeah, I, I would let go. Okay. Kevin, what was your first thought when you saw it? Because I saw all throughout the night as I was covering it at LXF just the memes of what was happening before I saw the actual results. I have no interest in holding on to a Kimura where I'm elevated. Or mm. the defense of it. I mm. want to be clear. I wouldn't be on either side. Now, I haven't weighed 115 pounds since the 90s. So this, to me, is a little bit more difficult to structure where I'm at. But 
I would have tapped and or I don't think my arm would have supported that type of structure. So I struggled to maintain, but I was curious what someone with some dexterity thought. I don't know, Rav. Do you see yourself pulling off a move where you at any point pull someone up exclusively by a Kimura? Um, I, I enjoy Kimuras a lot, and I desperately try to make Kimura trap systems work. How much all do you enjoy your back? <laughs> oh no, sound? I understand. But I've also never been lifted up by anybody, so I feel that even as I try to maintain, say, back control or transition mm-hmm. to an armbar, there are moments when my caliber of jujitsu allows people to get out, and I always go, "Well, that fucking sucks." But I'd like to think. If I was lifted in the air, there would probably be one of those. You're probably wondering how I got here. Record scratch moments. And I think whenever I see those happen in my own head comedically, I say, yeah, I should let go or I'm going to die. I would like to point this out, though. This is interesting. Rose said a few things after losing the title. Number one, she said it was a huge stress relief off her shoulders. And then number two, when she was pressed a little bit about it, in the post presser and they were saying, well, what are you thinking? You know, or where are you heading with? It was so stressful to you. Does that mean you would potentially retire from MMA? And they just kind of threw it out there as a lob question. She's like, maybe. And that didn't make me feel great. Do you think that Rose has more to her or maybe she just needs a big break, maybe a vacation? What do you think, Kevin? First of all, I watched her UFC countdown. I don't think a vacation's a bad idea. This is a person that works extremely hard and takes this very seriously. And she's definitely not looking at this right. She, I mean, she basically nearly won this fight. I mean, this fight, she this was almost her fight multiple times yeah. in that first round and a half. She knocked her down. I really, watching the Vegas odds, it's like, yeah, Thug Rose is going to win this fight. So, uh, you know, she'll get back to it. It's her first big loss. She does seem to take this extremely personally. Mm-hmm. Is that a fair statement? Like just based off of what I was hearing her say, it's like, damn, this woman cares. I don't know, Frank. You care about things. What's your What's your read on her her type of intensity? Can you understand it from an athlete perspective? That last yeah. I mean, I want to I want to preface this by saying that in no way is what I do comparable to like fighting for a UFC world title. No, we I would know. never pretend. I would never pretend. <laughs> thanks, Rap. <Ralph. laughs> I would never pretend to understand. <laughs> That's psychology, but I know from a personal level, like after a tough loss, I've certainly said things that I don't, you know, entirely mean. Um, so I, I think you have to like consider that. Like I wouldn't take anything that anyone says after they just lost the UFC title too seriously. So if she says like, I, you know, maybe I'll retire, she probably, I mean, she might not really mean that. You know what I mean? Like it's a very emotional thing to lose like that. So, I mean, I hope she doesn't retire. You know, I, I really enjoy watching her. But I think you, whenever you go through a loss like that, you got to take a couple of days and sit back and just kind of get back to neutral and then and then go from there. But I wouldn't take it too seriously. I don't really think she meant it like she's really considering it. And we'd like to I apologize to everybody who Frank told after he lost his last match and said, hey, guys, what do you think about going in together for a rib barbecue joint? Um, we just open our own business and then you just flaked out very shortly after that. I thought that was very rude of you. That's actually not a bad idea. I mean, if at all, you know, I, I think the idea 
nobody eats better than fighters who have to make weight. So that's why it is entertaining to watch Gary over in Asia, like flipping over one piece of meat continuously and looking at it and being like, you're my protein. That's it. You're all I'm eating until I fight and then I can be fat, Gary. And even then, if one FC goes, hey, you know what, Gary, that was a good fight. How about you fight again in a month? And he's like, yeah, sure. Fine. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Put his arms out like it's the Titanic. Be like, hold me. Let's do this. I'm ready. We'll come back to Gary, I think, in a little bit because he has a, he does have a fight coming up uh, very shortly. Let's not. Hey, Anderson okay. Silva broke again. Is there leg steroids? Oh. Can you take leg steroids for your tibia specifically? I don't know what this guy's deal is, man. He's long. He's lanky. You know, that doesn't always age well. <laughs> so uh, he's he is built more I, like an NBA player than a fighter. I, and, I feel like that that actually because I know I picked Silva. I feel like that fight should actually have been a like between you and I, Kevin. It it shouldn't count. It should be a no contest because like he got injured. Respectfully disagree. I'm gonna go ahead and respectfully. How did he get injured? What was he doing? Was he just walking or was he trying to you kick know. someone or did he get kicked? I I forget. There was a prompt though. And yeah, I just I do want to call. I don't out know. Real you quick. still would have won. You still would have won by a landslide. I just would have felt a little better about it. <laughs> oh, okay. He just wants to feel better about it. I was like, where is he going with this? And why is he trying to angle for one unnecessary? You know, Raph, Kev, if I may, Your Honor, um, just look at him. Do you really want to see this guy lose like this? And can I remind you guys, I was there covering Weidman Silva 2 live. Mm-hmm. I was reporting. I was on the floor at the UFC. I heard it actually before I could see it, if that makes sense. Because you heard the snap and then you saw the reaction. And that loud noise amidst an entire crowd at the MGM Grand is forever ingrained in my head. So you would consider the odds of that happening again as maybe small. But I don't know. I mean, yesterday when I wasn't even watching it and they go, uh, hey, Raph, do you see the result for Anderson Silva? I said, no, can you guys uh, send it to me? And they did. And I said, oh, no, I didn't need that. No, no, he can't even get up. That's terrible. Kev, Anderson Silva was saying he's not intending to retire anytime soon. Good. That's great. That sounds awesome. Well, good, because he and BJ Penn have a rubber match coming up, right? It's going to be them. Vitor Belfour, uh, mm. the third Diaz brother we always forget about. We're going to put him in a loser leaves town match, and the loser leaves town. Or loser Are you sure? joins a retirement community. I mean, no, I, I see, I'm not, of- I'm not sure that's how that works. If we're looking at the real results and the continuation of why they're fighting, it really does seem to suggest that Every time you lose, you have to keep fighting. Maybe it's because they want to go out on a win. I, I swear to God, when I was watching BJ Penn's fight with Clay Guida, I said, you know, if he even remotely wins a round, can we call it? <laughs> do, you guys, think, do you think Penn will fight again? Yeah, he said he would. He said he's not done. BJ Penn this week was saying he's going to find his way back to the title. Okay? Now, guys... We did this podcast before he said that last week. I don't I don't know how you could do an over under Kevin not have that statement make 
its way into the analysis portion. But when I heard him say it, I go, oh, man, that sounds like something I did during an impression I did of him on the show. No, he didn't really say that. They just took one of our quotations from our previous over under Kevin's, I'm sure. BJ Penn, quote unquote, interviews and ran with. No, he said that. Oh, okay, cool. All right. Well, that's not great. So, yeah, no, uh, it's very sad. He really thinks that he's going to be continuing the fighting. And uh, I'd rather he not. Uh, did you see the fight, watch, though? Watch he wins the title. No. No. Don't know. It's not going to happen. No. This is why he continues to fight is because they have idiots like you, Frank, who give him that leeway of like, well, what if he did? It's like, no, no, it's not. It's not leeway, man. It's encouragement. I'm just a positive person. Oh, shut up. No, you're not. You guys need to be more positive. You should see the shit he sends to me. Not quite a positive person. I I would 100 percent. This is the beautiful part about knowing all of where the bodies are built and hidden is that. If any of these guys ever turn on me, I have more than enough evidence for the court of public opinion to turn on all of these human beings. So I just want to remind people that every time I see something happen like that, I go, "Mm." all right. But did you see the BJ Penn fight, Kevin? Did you watch any part of that? Yeah, I did watch the highlights. Okay. Actually, no, no, I'm sorry. I caught most of this today after a game. Yeah, because this was on the prelims. Okay. This was on UFC 2 today. Yes. Can I express some... It was a little buddy. And you know what? To his credit, BJ Penn made it all the way through. It is odd to sit there and have all of the mixed emotions of, yeah, I don't want to see BJ Penn fight anymore. And then you think when they said, oh, BJ Penn, he's not taking any questions about his alleged abuse. And I go, yeah, I don't think he would. But, yeah, this feels weird. Like, whenever somebody's in a mentally not good space... You think, is fighting the best place they need to be? And then you see, oh, Donald Cerrone's going to fight Tony Ferguson? That sounds like a fun fight. But wasn't Tony also fail? Eh, fuck it. Just put him in there. Who can remember? Who can keep things straight anymore? I mean, I'm excited for the fight. I just hope Tony is okay, I guess is where we're at. And that's why when we had somebody throw uh, a clip of BJ Penn being like ragdolled a little bit by Clay Guida and they're like, Raph, do the impression of uh, BJ Penn and uh, do it to this clip. I was like, yeah, I don't know, man. Something about having allegations like that make you really not want to do an impression. It's kind of weird. So BJ Penn on the show is a little retired for now, I think. He might slip in, but for right now, we're just going to let it kind of figure out itself. We have our reasons, Braj. Yeah. Jose Aldo loses to Alexander Volkanovsky in a round three decision. This is our first one that's not like a TKO or a leg KO. Snappy thing. Leg snappy thing, problem joint issue situation. (laughs) You know, Weidman should have gotten an extra win for that last night. I don't don't (laughs) mean like they should have given like Chris Weidman post honored with this. Not a great night for the Brazilian legends because along with Theo, Thiago Alves loses via decision. Um, I don't know. What do you have to say about how did Jose Aldo look? I did not see this fight. Frank, you didn't see it. So let's say I, this. I didn't see it. It's okay. It's okay. We only we only put good faith in you. Can I point something out here? We had, I, like I had a homework assignment and now I'm like explaining myself as to why I showed up to class without my homework assignment. Yeah, that's really what it's like, kid. 
Because it's not like we yeah. give you a ton of assignments on this show. It's not like every time you have a match, I say, you better win this or else you're never coming back on the show. I just said, hey. That would actually be a, much, be a much easier assignment. I, I feel like I could handle that better than staying up to watch fights. <laughs> Did you just fall asleep is what happened? Yeah, I, I don't know. I wouldn't. We could call it falling asleep. We could call it a conscious decision to go to sleep. But in, that, in the end result was <laughs> I went to sleep. Frank, how old are you? Uh, 28. Okay. All right. You're, you're hitting that nice old Jewish man phase of your life. Good <laughs> yeah, for man. you. Bless you, kid. I don't have it in me anymore. <laughs> I want to point this out to you guys, which is normally we do with over under Kevin, we couple it with a thing where you can send in uh, if you think your picks are going to beat Kevin or our guests. This time we only had one person do it. And I think that's a good indication of how much people did not care about these fights. Uh, which I think it's the ESPN thing. I think people are pissed. Well, let's chat about that. Because the ESPN thing was revealed that the last fight, which was the Dustin Poirier-Max Holloway, potentially only brought in less than 100K in pay-per-view buys. Ooh. So, Kevin, we recently had MMA Snooki, a.k.a. Brandon Schaub, making the accusation that pay-per-views were going to bottom out because he got lots of DMs. Yeah, I guess. And we joked, we were like, uh, how indicative does he believe his DMs are of culture? Sadly, we were wrong. He was right. In this case, his DMs were quite accurate. This is about half of what they expect for a big card. And you and I were curious. There's confusion around UFC Fight Pass. There's confusion around ESPN+. Plus. There's a real, I don't want to stream these fights. Like I have to, this is a sports season that I don't want to leave my television or I just need to have availability. Like it's a bizarre change of behavior. And I think we're going to see that this is consistent. I think they're going to continue to lose fights. Whereas otherwise I probably would have bought last night's fight. I wouldn't jump as far to say that he's completely right. Because I think the real test to me is going to be what happens with the John Jones fight, because I feel like that's the biggest marquee name that they have fighting up with this switch over. Cause it just happened a month ago. So I don't know that it's access yet. I, I think the whole point of when Brandon Shub was talking was we don't have that information yet. And the fact that we got it, the first one as a hundred K or less, it's not a good step. But the UFC pay-per-views as a whole have been declining. So it is a little odd when I get an ESPN text in the morning that says, hey, did you guys miss that crazy thing with the whole Kimura trap where Rose gets like dropped on her head? In case you missed it, watch the videos right here. And they never used to do that. But it screams of the UFC being like, please like us. We've got a deal for a long time, guys. Come on. You guys want to order the pay-per-views, right? Please. So... I think that does bring up a good point. Uh, Frank, has that changed for you? Do you even care? Do you even pay for the pay-per-views? Do you go somewhere? How do you consume? Yeah, so typically I like to... I, I don't mind paying for the pay-per-views, but um, typically I'll watch it at home or with some friends, but I feel like the, the issue they're running into is like, if it's a good card, people don't mind paying money. What they mm -hmm. mind is like convenience, and it just feels like the whole process with ordering the fights through this ESPN uh, app or stream, whatever you want to call it, is just like not as convenient as the old way was. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know how long their contract is and what the terms are, but can they leave this this ESPN deal if it continues over 
a period of time to go like shit. Like, let's say the John Jones card totally shit tanks. Like, mm-hmm. and Dana's like, I want out of this ESPN deal. Do you think they have a some type of clause in the contract to, to bail? They might. I don't know that much, uh, which, again, is something that professionals say uh, when they don't know. They don't just make mm-hmm. up shit. Um, yep. You, Brandon Schaub. I just want to point this out, which is this. It could very well come back because of the double paywall. It's the fact that you have to sign up for ESPN Plus, which is one paywall, to then go and pay a second paywall for a pay-per-view. So that could be confusing and that could turn off some people. And more than anything, that could also take people out of the element of, well, is there a stream online that I can find illegally? Because I do feel like those things are starting to increase. (laughs) So I feel those things combine all into one. It's the biggest thing that sports has going for it is the fear of missing out or FOMO. And I don't know what the FOMO was on this one, which is why we always ask the following question, which is, Kevin, how much would you have paid for this pay-per-view? Realistically, under the yeah. under the double firewall system? Um, you know what, Kev, this is the first time I've asked this with, cause this is difficult. Paywall. I used to be like, I, I have a price ready for you, but this one, I, I mean, I, I do want to consider the double paywall. You know what, Kevin answer from your heart. Twenty nine ninety nine. In addition okay. to my fights, uh, a lot of these fighters, God bless them are well past their prime. I love the thug Rose Andrade fight. That was about the only one I really I felt a pressing urge to see. I was like, Jared Cannonier's better. He's just better than Anderson Silva. It's not close. Yeah. It's not close right now. There was a great moment on his UFC countdown where he's having lunch with his kids, Jaron Cannonier, and a girl's like, you're a fighter? He's like, yeah, I'm going to fight Anderson Silva. He's like, he's the best. He's like, no, I'm the better fighter. And she just like walks off, and he's like, I am. Never mind. <laughs> it's the most adorable. It's like, he is. He was. And he's certainly the fighter that was able to walk away at the end. Ayo. Can I singer. also say that I wish that one of my goals in life is to make it to being that status so that I can guest appear on an ESPN 30 by 30 or 30 for 30 in the background and just be like, Oh, Hey, are you really good? Because I think the other guy's better just to be exponentially wrong. Um, Frank, what would you have paid for this pay-per-view? Oh man, I'm torn. So I think if I wasn't an athlete, I would say, and I was just a spectator that didn't care about, the whole, you know, that the fighters do need to get paid. I would pay. I would, I would give him a 10 spot, you know, I'd hit him with a 10 spot, but being that I do understand that, like we need to pay the pay-per-view so that the UFC can make money so that the fighters can get paid. And I do care about that. Um, I would, if I was really interested in the card, I would just pay whatever the pay-per-view costs, 50 or 60 bucks, whatever they were charging. But, for this one, I mean, I obviously didn't care that much because I went to sleep. All right, a ten spot—that's pretty good. That's like if I—I'm saying if I wasn't a competitor and didn't understand the whole like athletes need to get paid, like we need support. If I didn't understand that whole element, mm. yeah, I'd throw a ten spot at you. Okay, well, what would you pay as Frank right now? Not theoretical Frank, who's if I not if I cared about the card, if I cared about the card, I would I would pay. You know, 50, 60 bucks, I think, is fair for, like, what they're charging for a good card, for, you know, a legitimate card. I mean, I was asking about this one, so, you know, 
we can return to that question anytime. <laughs> well, I guess he's saying if this were a good card. Oh my he god, is an Jesus athlete. Christ. Oh yeah. fifty five ninety nine, Raph. Thank you. Thank you. Jesus Christ. This is how you know Frank will never make it on the goddamn prices, right? No, not with that hesitation. You're just going to be like, kick your ass off the stage. <laughs> Bob Barker wouldn't have stood for this bullshit, young man. Listen, you stuttering bitch. I'm going to need to know how much for the waffle iron. Let's go. <laughs> well, all right, Kev, do you have any closing thoughts about this uh, pay-per-view? Um, love Thug Rose. She mm-hmm. automatically deserves a rematch because she almost won this fight. She, I still believe, is the greatest fighter on this fight card. I thought she did some things. She'll learn some things. She's still kind of young-ish in the world. She came up fast. But this is this is just a footnote what I think is going to be a larger triumphant story for one Thug Rose. Frank, do you have any closing thoughts for these fights? Yeah, I just want to say I got like a really good night of sleep. Felt really, really well-rested this morning. Um... And uh, I, I have no regrets. No regrets. Okay. And, okay. I still, and I'll always bet on Penn Guida, all right? I'm, I'm keeping the faith. Wow. Um, you guys can be non-believers, but Penn is going to make his way back to the belt, all oh right? Man. I'm looking at the glass half full while you guys are looking at it half empty. The world's hard enough as it is. Be a little positive. I think you're just throwing successories at us at this point. You're just throwing things that you see on motivational posters. When in Rome. Okay, thank you. Frank, before we get you on out of here, a few things. Number one, what can you tell us about Gary fighting this weekend for 1FC? Um, I can tell you that it has been so goddamn unenjoyable training with Gary back-to-back camps because – most people need time in between to get better between training camps. And I feel like he got better between the last camp, which wasn't that far ago to this camp. And I think he's going to absolutely beat the shit out of somebody. And I'm just glad that it's not going to be me for a day. And uh, I'm really excited for him. Is he punching you in the face? He's not punching me, but like he'll throw like, like false strikes, you know, like he'll like pretend to throw a strike. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, and they're not like fully connected, but I'm like, Jesus, this isn't fun. And, but just his control of, of being on top of me, I just feel like, I just feel scared all the time. I just don't feel good. I feel like my jujitsu doesn't work and I feel scared, but at the same time, I'm happy for him because he's getting better and I do want to see him win, but I just want him to, to beat somebody up. That's not me. Okay. I mean, I'm not really for that, but that's Okay. Kev, do you have any closing and parting words for Frank before we get him on out? Yes. This wasn't difficult. I found myself gleefully (laughs) gliding past most of the Danaher Babysitter Club. Mm -hmm. I consider you to be subpar at broadcast, and I will be flexing these muscles while I continue to be subpar at jujitsu to you. Continue to kick ass. Who are you fighting next, by the way? Uh, I'll be competing against Jeremy Skinner June 1st. June 1st, Jeremy Skinner, bring the noise, represent, but don't remember you got smacked around like someone I found on the Craigslist personal section. Speaking of which, what does he have to do now? 
sing his 30 seconds of his favorite Kesha song on Instagram and dedicate it to the podcast. <laughs> he has to tag it, send it. And, and Frank, when can we expect that? I guess I got to do it tomorrow, huh? It's I mean, quicker, quicker is know. better. It's just really easier to pull the Band-Aid off real I was quick. prepared to serenade you with Timber tonight. I mean, you heard it. Just that's your bad. All right. I guess I'll do it tomorrow. Okay. And Frank, when you do, do us a solid. Send it to us. We're going to put it in the Verbal Tap archives. Uh, maybe we'll make a remix of it. Maybe we'll we'll outpost that. Maybe there will be a music video accompanying it. I, I don't know. I really don't. Maybe I'll, but, maybe I'll get a record deal. No. Nope. Nope. But here's the good news. Will you tell the people which Kesha song you will be singing? Um, you know what? They're gonna have to. They're gonna have to tune in. They're gonna have to see for themselves. I don't want to give too much away. It's difficult when you know you're trying to take on a passionate. It's like it's just so many good songs. And so <laughs> when he really has to figure out between take it off and TikTok, it's just really him going back and forth on a dartboard and going, I just, you know, it's too hard to choose. It's it's one of the hardest internal battles we could ever face. You could also do dinosaur, which is talking about old dudes who try to pick up on her all the time. Yeah, you know, I can relate. There's a lot of stuff, of course. Okay, you also mentioned a couple of other super fights, so get them in real quick and then tell us where people can find you on the social medias in the event they want privates or seminars or to book you on future events. Polaris? Yeah. We know you've got a fucking event coming up, but you can get your shit together and put this man on a card. (laughs) If they'll have me, I'd be happy to do it. Um, June 1st, uh, Grapple Fest. Uh, versus Jeremy Skinner. That'll be live on Flow. Uh, July, no, sorry, June 21st, um, Rise Invitational. Um, that'll be live on UFC Fight Pass. And then July 27th, Battle Grapple versus Camille Wilkes, ADCC veteran. That will be uh, from Guilford, UK. And then hopefully Polaris, get at me for August. Uh, let's get weird out in England. There we go. Frank Rosenthal of the Danaher Death Squad, badass extraordinaire, and subpar New Jersey tour guide. That's just what I heard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Please go find him on the social medias. Please go find him in the Blue Shark Tank if you want to fight him. But more importantly, book him on your super fights. This is who the people want to see. Verbal Tap fans, Frank Rosenthal. Welcome back. We're just going to hot fire topics. This segment brought to you by the one, the only North South jujitsu.com. You have to head over to North South jujitsu. They size up the underwear like your gi. So it's like an a three, a four, a two situation, which always makes me feel better than my belt size. I will (laughs) assure you of that. And it has grip hips, hip grips. Let's go with hip grips. It grips those hips doesn't come off as easy head on over to northsouthjujitsu.com the one the only no one is battle tested like northsouthjujitsu.com raf let's fire some topics none more pressing than something you pinged over to me the other day which is that 
Dana White also, and this is shocking, was impressed by Jordan Burroughs. What I didn't see was him say that it would be for wrestling that he wanted to get him to the UFC. What's he want with Jordan Burroughs? I think Dana just really hates Ben Askren. Oh, is so, really what it is. So I this, think he just looks at him and is like, anything that fucking replaces that fucking dummy with another dummy, give me this fucking other one. So this was spite. I like that. That would be even more fun. Though it sounded like he had the similar reaction you and I had, which was, well, yeah, we got to get this guy in the cage. Look at him. Yes. You see what this he just did to him? He told Jim Rome. And, you know, Kevin, it could be that he listened to our show and then went on Jim Rome and talked about our very idea. Frequently, we have been worried. That's how mm-hmm. Dana was doing things. Uh, which, by the way, there's never been a more, yeah, okay, kind of conversation between anybody than there is between Dana White and Jim Rome. No, that's and it's also one of like the least emotional conversations <laughs> anyone's gonna have in a range. It's like, well, what are you talking about? What is it's like anyone just gets lost in the white noise? Seventeen people <laughs> were awake by the end of that interview. You will you will never hear the word bro mentioned more than in that conversation. But here you go. Uh, what the quotation here says is, yeah, listen, I'm always interested in you know. These guys that are considered the best athletes in the world or whatever it is they do wanting to come to the UFC. Yeah, obviously I'd be very interested. Which, by the way, Kev, is the most glowing review you could get from anybody. Mm-hmm. Dana White being like, yeah, whoever the fuck you're, you're good at bowling? I want to see how you do it. The fucking UFC. Let's see it. Dana White would get an axe thrower if he thought that's what was going <laughs> to do it. <laughs> actually am interested so let's not rush to judgment on that one all right uh i am of the mindset kevin that dana is just so fed up with ben that he probably looked at all the numbers and said you know burroughs actually gets better numbers he's got more social media and he's not even in the ufc or been on joe rogan so, uh, yeah, fuck this guy. Let's bring on uh, Jordan. <laughs> that's just my thought. Andy saw him run circles around him. It's probably like, oh, that's all you need. Or wrestling. Yeah. I mean, talk yeah. about someone that could put Khabib on uh, notice right now. I might be getting ahead of myself, but I think Jordan Burroughs is nothing short of potentially one of the coolest. This is a hype thing. We've always done this about jujitsu. Mm-hmm. You heard us already filleting Gary on this podcast. And you'll hear us doing it a lot with Rafael Lovato Jr. Mm. We really gravitate towards our grapplers that become MMA fighters. This is a chance to gravitate towards the wrestlers. Yeah. And this is a fun one. Jordan Burroughs is the ultimate. And I don't know that he will. Some people aren't interested in getting punched in the head a ton. And I get it. I'm not. So Let me also present this because apparently Chael Sonnen was saying that Jordan Burroughs needs to slow his roll here. And Jordan Burroughs wrote this really nice or gave this really nice response that was like, um, Shales, I get him. He's occasionally been a wrestler, apparently. Uh, no, he's like, you know, Shales done very well for himself and he's definitely accomplished a lot. But I think you guys got to understand, I make good money in wrestling. And so when Shale was saying that, yeah, he'll pay me $50,000 to fight, it's like, you better <laughs> add a zero to that, my friend. 
so he's not wrong. I think Jordan has a very good understanding of what his market value is. And now that he is testing the waters and saying like, you know, hey, I, I've got to be honest with you guys. I've, I do want to see what one fight would look like. He's not wrong to say, give me money, especially if it's going to be a one and done. I think somebody was making the point where they said if Jordan Burroughs was actually going to really commit himself to being an MMA fighter for long term, why not have him do some of those promotions where he does fight in the amateurs? But they're like, if he's already looking to just do one and done, then, yeah, pay the man his money and get him on somewhere where he could get a lot of eyeballs. Because that was the same mentality that was used when people were like, well, I mean, Ben Askren's bringing a lot of eyeballs to wrestling. It's going to do a lot of good. And I'm going to be an apologist because he lost. And I feel sick. He's so good. I like him. And it's like, no, he's fine. He took the match. He just lost. Best perm in the business. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, so there is that. So what I, else you I got? Think you would enjoy that. What Next else do I have for you? Headline. <laughs> um, let's say this, Kevin. This is why I truly love the internet sometimes. If I were to tell you that Kayla Harrison said she is 100% sure she would beat Khabib in a judo match, would you take that bait? Not only would I take that bait, I'd give that, I'd bet that even if it was like minus 100. Uh, minus 120, I'm still betting her. Okay. That's sounds because amazing. you know the response that happens whenever these kind of questions get brought up. From dudes who feel very insecure about their place is, oh, God, for fuck's sake, do we have to ask this question? Oh, how dare she think that she could win a fight? Oh, I hate it when reporters ask these questions about men and women. Yeah, she'd get crushed because Khabib. It's just funny to me that I understand what clickbait is. But I think the more fascinating aspect of clickbait is the individual's inability to prevent themselves from commenting on it. Because sometimes they won't even read the article. They'll just post what the fuck they hate about women in there. And uh, here's the weird part. It could have been a better timed week because she won. They have the PFL now on ESPN. And I, I caught bits and pieces of it. It looked fine. They have an interesting kind of uh, points format that they're doing with a tournament. Um, and she won, Kevin. But she was crying after she won. Do you know why she was crying? Judo hurts your neck even when it goes well. Mm, I mean, probably sustained injuries from judo over the past. Someone stepped she on was her just... big toe because that's happened to me a lot <laughs> in judo. <laughs> because she was saying that she was so disappointed in herself that she didn't finish the job. And so she was taking it that hard. And then you get idiots who are commenting and be like, well, you know, she's just uh, she's just not got the mentality of the fighter. And I go, <laughs> y'all, listen, I think she's doing very well for the beginning of her career. I'm sure she didn't really ask herself that question on if she would beat Khabib. I'm pretty sure she was instigated to doing it. And she answered honestly. I think there's an era of, you know. People want you to be honest, but then if you have a belief in self and you're honest, they're like, whoa, 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 no, no, <laughs> no, you know that you're a woman. Uh, so I think that was strange. So anyway, congrats to her. I hope she hears this because then she knows that she actually did a good job and that maybe sometimes decisions happen in fucking MMA. And to those of you guys who commented on it and said, I'm not taking that bait. You did when you put the comment in the comment section. So, yes, you did. 
So let's go to our next thing, which is Jack Swagger. How familiar are you with him, Kevin? Not familiar at all, other than that sounds like a Pirates of the Caribbean character, if I recall. Sure, yes. He is known as Jack Hager, okay? And he used to be in the WWE under the name Jack Swagger. He is now fighting for Bellator. He had a second big fight over in Bellator in the weekend. Kev, I know we like to play this game every once in a while. But I'm sending you the soundbite on your Facebook, and it's a real quick soundbite. And I need you to just tell me what your impression is of what he is saying. Oh, God, I hope he said boner. Um, is that a feelings-based boner? A boner? I feel like the only reason I know this is because of the American Pie series, and I want to thank them for the education I didn't realize was going to be helpful in this particular moment. Okay, it's a dumb statement, number one, especially after fighting a guy. Maybe, Kevin, would it help if I told you that he did use the submission of the podcast to win? He used a triangle joke? He used an arm triangle? He used a head and arm triangle choke to finish it. And would it make you feel better if he held on to the submission to the point where the audience started to boo him because the ref had already stopped the fight and he was still holding on to it? Wait, go back. How Mm -hmm. did it happen? So he got the submission. The dude taps, which... um, the dude he was fighting looked like he had just walked out of a Carl's Jr., as our good friend Potts BJJ said, and that they said, do you want to fight? And he goes, yeah, man, sure. And this dude was living it up. His nickname, I think, is the Tombstone. They were trying to build him as a worthy competitor to Jack Hager, uh, who is a Division One national wrestler as, in addition to his pro wrestling career. And, uh, of course, predictably, uh, pre-Malone, as I was dubbing him, did not fare well. So Primalone taps out to him, and Jack doesn't release the hold. He later says that he got caught up in it because he thought that the ref that was touching him was the guy still tapping, and he was waiting for the ref to take him off. But uh, if you see the footage, it's not. It's pretty clear it's the ref. Well, he was emotionally charged. Oh, no, the ref wasn't. The ref had yes. a um, He had a responsibility. He had a roner. I, I don't. Yeah, I'm not gonna do this anymore. <laughs> so anyway, um, I just I want you to imagine though when he says that he's rock hard with emotion, he's got a boner. Can you do me a favor and like imagine if it would be any better if Ron Burgundy said it? Because when I read the quotation first, that was my first thought. Oh really? Yeah, it was just somebody like a Ron Burgundy being like, ugh. I've got a just an emotion-filled boner right now. And I was like, yeah, I mean, that fits in the Ron Burgundy school of thought. But, Kev, this was his opponent. So when I say pre-Malone, maybe that gives you a better idea of who he is. Uh, and as you look at it, we had somebody in our comment section go, uh, Louis Magana, who said, didn't people talk crap about Roy Nelson because of the way his body's built, but then started smashing guys left and right? Hashtag Team Jones. These are my favorite comments because. You still there? 
Oh, did I lose you? Ken? Yeah. I'm here. Oh, perfect. Go on. Yeah, I paused. These are my favorite comments because they're forever on the internet. And they're definitely entertaining to me. It's just more so, why was this even built as a fight? So, to that guy, Luis, I'm very sorry. The dream didn't come true for you. He did not become uh, Roy Nelson. However, I'm pretty sure he ate like Roy Nelson after the fight. hey Kev, did you see the amazingness that was Douglas Lima knocking out MVP? Is this the spinning? Yeah, this one was not the spinning. Oh, then no. I don't know this is about. like a leg trip that happens, and then deep within the leg trip, it like he basically just night nights Douglas Lima or I'm sorry uh, MVP in a way that people have been begging for for months. So um, I can't tell you this enough. Uh, pretty good card. If they didn't have their own dumb paywall as well, I might have actually suggested people watch this one as well, but. Um, all in all, it was very entertaining for what it was. So very proud of that. I'm going to move on to the next topic while you look at that. Oh, damn. That mm-hmm. was awesome. A little tripping shot. Look at mm-hmm. that. You know, people always talk about like, oh, man, it's hard to get those kicks in. But, you know, he has these toothpicks. And it was like, well, I think he built up a good resistance to it. But, I mean, that sweep, little foot sweep kick is like really what did it in. Um, let's talk a little bit of LXO because those were the fights I were at yesterday, Kev. Please, this was the part I had under local fights raft covered. Yeah, Phil. So you get the password from your piano friend, just like in mm-hmm. Eyes Wide Shut. Yes, you're like, I gotta get a costume. I gotta make it to these fights. You get there, Fidelio. <laughs> they let you in. Go. <laughs> Thank you. Um, it is pretty funny because yesterday they didn't have my name on the media list. Uh, at the beginning of the night was a certain moment where I'm pretty sure that could align where I'm pretty sure I had to wear some robe to make my way in the back. Um, now here's what happened guys. I'm very excited because they are rebranding. They're uh, known as California extreme fighting. We've covered them for ages. I do very much enjoy their fights. There's a lot of good stuff that you can talk about. Um, the fact that they give so many good fighters, the opportunity to get name brand recognition and more importantly on a bigger scale now because they're going to be on Fox Sports West. So we're very pleased about that. There were three separate intimate moments that happened that were very strange. The first one, uh, our good friend Dom Clark got an illegal knee to the eye, like while grounded. Ow. Uh, like took a knee that was to a grounded opponent. It made his vision a little blurry and they called it and it was one of the championship fights. And as a result of his opponent doing that, they had to call it as a disqualification and Dominic retained his title and the audience was booing Dominic. And it was very poorly timed in the sense that when they were asking him on the microphone, you know, Hey, you know, how do you feel? And he's like, yeah, you know, I could barely see out of my eye. Boo. And I go, what? Don't, don't boo him because he can't see you idiots. <sighs> Dominic has been fighting for that organization uh, known as CXF for years. So I don't think it's at all okay to question any part of that guy's heart uh, in that respect. I mean, he's, he's definitely earned that championship and he's been in some good fights and some wars himself. So I, I find it very um, 
disappointing, of course, that it would come to an end because of um, an illegal knee. Nobody wants to see that happen. We want to see the full fight, but it's what happened. So that's number one. Number two, our good friend Albert the Warrior Morales was fighting. Yeah. Very, very game. Uh, Alfred, uh, the, was it the Fearless? I'm sorry. But Alfred is a beast in his own right. So I was very excited for this fight. Alfred was piecing up a little bit on Albert, but Albert is a seasoned fighter. And even though, you know, he was, he was still getting strikes in, but he was pushed up against the cage at one point and the referee was kind of letting it go on. So it was no big deal. Um, Alfred was still showed signs of fighting intelligently and then went in for a sprawl. Kev, what would you think if I were to tell you that the minute he went in for the sprawl, Illegal knee from that nope. same other guy. He just came right in. <laughs> he just came back into the other fight after the sprawl. Uh, they called the fight. Why? They said he was out. Oh, out. All right. I had somebody look at me as well, uh, cage side, and was asking, "What?" <laughs> This is the XF stuff. This is how it happens. And it's tough because I can understand that, yes, Alfred was doing a fantastic job. Alfred's a great fighter. It looked like he was landing uh, well in there. But in Albert's case, you would think, okay, maybe you're supposed to stop the fight when, you know, you get beat up or you're against the cage and you're – not responding, not when you've hit a sprawl and then the guy on bottom, you go, yeah, he's seen enough. Cause it was one of the questionable moments of the night. Um, but yeah. All right. Uh, somebody put this very nicely here on the, uh, LXF Instagram. And I almost said as much, but I just said it was a really bad stoppage for our good friend, uh, Milton Aguayo. And Milton aside, I just want to make sure that you guys understand what this really is. But this uh, person said, fine, China, no disrespect to Ron uh, Shosseldang. That man came to fight and he was just doing his job. But the refs were botching calls throughout the entire card. This was one of a couple of early stoppages that wouldn't have been questionable even for an amateur fight. Actually, it looks like it's a rephrasing of what I said. But yeah, it's not important. Milton's thing didn't look like it was good enough for an amateur stop. It didn't look like it was good enough to even be a break for that long in a Muay Thai or a kickboxing fight. It just, it was an unfortunate moment. And I think the thing that I understand as somebody who covers fights a lot is you understand when your friends are in there and that there's the possibility they can lose. We accept that. It's when they don't get a fair shot to fight and that you see some weird bullshit happen that you go, yeah, we can't fix this. They called the fight, so there's nothing else you can do. And you, you just immediately feel bad for the fighter. And uh, potentially for Ron, too, because, I mean, I'm sure Ron wanted that win, but I'm pretty sure Ron also wanted to fight. Um, so, again, no disrespect to him. I, I understand him and his team. They're great people as well. It was just, it was weird. It was also the last fight of the night. So that ends on a really strange moment where you've had uh, a couple, and I know they're alluding to a couple other fights, 
I understand those. Um, but these, I think, were the three biggest. Well, so I'm interested to see how it's going to air on Fox Sports West because it is more exposure for all the fighters. They do have big plans for it. They have another card on July 6th. Very excited to see how that works. Um, I wish I could be more excited for what happened. Uh, I'm interested to see how it airs, though, on Fox because once it goes to television, you know, then we get to see what fights made it and who was in there because, yeah, there was some good stuff. I mean, Kev, if I were to tell you that two big boys were fighting so hard they spilt blood onto my iPad. Oh, gross. Yeah, yeah, real gross. Um, but that was Jack May who beat uh, Mike Quintero. Um, I mean, a good fight. Those guys gave, were given everything they had in it, and that's sometimes all you can ask. Um, I want to give props to Christopher Cruz who uh, beat one of our other friends, Jordan Mims, uh, yesterday. Um, he put up a really good fight. He was very, very controlling throughout it. Um, Yuma Horaguchi, or Horauchi, I'm sorry, uh, defeat the very game, Benji Gomez. And one that people were saying was uh, Jonathan Kinyoras beats uh, Julian Baez uh, via KO. Um, I mean, some people said that might have been stopped a little too early. I didn't have as big of an issue on that one. <laughs> Uh, Sarab Messinian also beat Andrew Navidad. Nice job was... with those names. That's Thank you. Honestly, dude, I had a person who was around me who showed me the sheet and says, how the fuck do you say any of these names? And I was like, I just do it with a lot of gusto and pray. Deep breath, short prayer, all set. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so that was Dominic Clark as well, who did get the win. And uh, let me see. I think it was Brian Del Rosario who ended up, yes, uh, beating Sergio Quinones via uh, Dars Choke, which was really good to see live. I was, you know, he was setting those up very, very nicely. So I was very, very pleased to see that was the way that finished. And um, I think it was Melsic Benasarian defeating Mauricio Diaz uh, via KO. And that was toward the end of the night. And there are your fights, kids. So like I would say. When I go to most fights, love covering them. Always happy to be there to spread the good word. I very much hope this doesn't happen again to other fighters because, again, all you ever want for these people is to get their fair shot. And they put in so much work to fucking get out there and put these fights in and, and get the the fight camp. And it just is a little weird, Kevin, when I look at these fights and I go, are you telling me that our WWE BJJ nonsense is actually more fair to our fighters? <laughs> The refereeing certainly shouldn't be, but that's, you know, it happens. <laughs> yeah. It's a common. So anyway, uh, good luck to them. We hope that's good. But I think, Kevin, that's going to close up our round of topics. Hot fire. Well, fun evening podcast, glimpsing in some MMA, chatting a little fun stuff. You never know what kind of nonsense awaits us in this coming week. Oh, for... wait, I did have and small thing to yeah. like breaking news in case you didn't see it. Uh-uh. Kind of exciting. Um, they just threw this at us, and it was, I believe, Dana who was saying this. So you know it might possibly be true. But, Kev, we have a return to the cage. We have a return to the cage from one Nate Diaz. Oh, 
That'll be fun. I can't wait for him to not make the plane. This is going to be great. <laughs> uh, they basically have signed him. And do you know who they're going to have him fight, Kim? His brother, Nick. I don't know who. But this could lead very well into huge implications. They're going to have him versus Anthony Showtime Pettis. Oh, damn. That actually is a fun fight. And they're making it as the co-main event for the August 17th card out in Anaheim. It's a great, great fight to see. Um, you know, I think it goes into that realm of like, we don't know what to do with Pettis. Let's just keep giving him fights that don't kind of make sense, but nah, whatever. So there's that. But Kev, answer me this question. Does this or does this not get us back to the element of tag team UFC brothers? We're way closer. We're going to have both brothers in both corners. We're going to be right Mm -hmm. there. We might as well Mm -hmm. just strap them both up and finally do this thing. Only that other Pettis wasn't so tiny. I know. That's really fucking us here. But you know what? Weed could be the equalizer. Maybe. The right strain. I see what you're saying. I can't tell. There was somebody who I was rolling with recently, and somebody just opened up their bag, and the bag had an abnormal amount of weed <laughs> that came out of it. it I was happens. like, who the fuck is smoking out? And they're like, no, he just opened his bag. And I was like, that's impressive. He was near it. I didn't mean to get that smell on it. It just happens. But I was laughing because the person I was rolling with, I didn't know once he smelled the weed. He was kind of coughing. And I was like, wait, does this make you stronger or weaker? (laughs) I I don't know how this worked for people. So, uh uh-oh. So, anyway, that was the breaking news they put together last night as per Dana White that I hope you guys are as excited as we are. Because that means, also, there might be a Diaz brother who stops by the show very soon. Hey. (laughs) I... I any more on the Diaz stuff? You keep like commenting me and hitting me with another line on this. <laughs> no, that's I, no, no, I'm not. I'm saying and, in the future. And this might no, mean no, another just, Diaz. <laughs> well, hold on, hold on. And it's like I'm with Listen, you. Okay, I, okay. This is not this okay. is not a fucking M dash. You idiot. <laughs> I'm just saying that I want people to know that sometimes when you can't do a BJ Penn impression because reasons, that other impressions may come back very soon. That's all. Give people the hope, Kev. Do you learn nothing from Frank? I did not. That is going to do it for us tonight here at Verbal Tap. I am Kevin. Thanks for listening. Good night. Good fight. Please note, the new number is...